Today's episode is brought to you by F1 for Help. F1 for Help is your go-to expert for all things computer-related repair and video surveillance. Joe with F1 for Help likes to say they clean windows, but they are not janitors. Visit F1forHelp.com and support the company who supports this podcast. Are you an organized person who gets called on by friends and family to help plan parties and family vacations? Then you may have the makeup of a professional event planner. Today, we'll explore the career option of event planner and then talk with the expert of experts, Carolyn Wentz with Plans and Action located in Portland, Oregon. We have all wondered what are the ups and downs of different types of businesses. As business owners, we've even wondered if starting another business is the best option. Business Buffet Ingredients is meant to give you a taste for what it takes to start and successfully run a business. We'll reach out into the world of business and interview success stories and present them on our smorgasbord of business helping options. Strap in and get ready to taste the finer business points. Today we're going to talk about an event planner. An event planner plans and organizes meetings and special events for an organization or external clients. They research and recommend event venues, coordinate meeting logistics, include transportation, accommodations, meals, and technology, research and maintain relationships with vendors for catering and other event support services. They coordinate financial budgets and ensure that events stay within cost projections. Honestly, there are a thousand things an event planner does, and the good ones are in very high demand. Typically, becoming an event planner requires a bachelor's degree or equivalent, and you are excellent at managing people and negotiating contracts. Study.com reports the key skill required for an event planner is communication, customer service, organization, interpersonal skills, negotiation, and problem-solving skills, advanced skills with online social media, basic computer skills, and use of project management software. Also must be comfortable with video conferencing equipment and have the ability to keep composed under pressure. There are many different types of event planners. There's association planners market the value of annual conferences and other voluntary meetings. Corporate planners focus on meetings in the corporation or with the related business. Government meeting planners need to be familiar with government regulations for buying materials and booking hotels to plan accordingly, while nonprofit planners focus heavily on fundraising. Event planners organize private and public events, like weddings. Convention service managers act as liaisons between companies and venues such as hotels to make sure all the details are managed. The average salary for an event planner ranges from the mid-30K to 85K per year. Experience, certifications, and niche specialty is really the determining factor for income. Event planners can either be self-employed or work as an employee for a corporation or municipality. This allows for extreme career mobility. 
My guest today is the expert's expert in the field of event planning. With decades of experience successfully managing thousands of events, Carolyn Wentz is the go-to person for companies throughout the United States. I first met Carolyn more than a dozen years ago when I received a desperate call for help with her website after disaster struck and her hosting company disappeared. With my background in event production and trade show displays, I was able to build a new website and get it live in just four days. Carolyn, thank you for joining me today and agreeing to help my listeners with gaining a better understanding of the event planner profession. Thank you, Ed. Um, I'm glad to be a part of this. This is new for me, and I would be real grateful to share information I have since I've opened my business since 1986. I've been around a while and learned a lot of things, sometimes the hard way, sometimes the good ways. So thank you for asking me this. Yeah. Isn't the hard lessons the best lessons? Yes, they certainly are. I used to tell my students that, you know, the lesson you struggle the most with is the one you're going to remember the best. So back when I was still doing some um, part-time teaching at Mount Hood Community College for uh, convention management, the one thing I always said, no matter what, you always have to look at your whole plan, make sure everything's ready to go, and then think, what's going to happen, and how can I fix it when it does? Right. <laughs> and everybody laughed and laughed. But I made them always make a, a fake plan, made them go through every step, and sometimes they were going, why would we have to do this? I said, because that's the whole thing. And say that you ordered food and it didn't come. What are you going to do? That's it. And so they started thinking. And that was the way I always taught them to do. Well, yeah, let's, so let's dive in. What, what prompted you to enter the profession of event planner? Um, I, I was working at a local school when my kids were small because they had the holidays and the summers off. And then I decided after nine years of doing that, that I was so bored with being a school secretary that I decided I'd quit my job, go out and look for something different. So I did. And I really didn't plan on being a secretary anywhere else, but I did take a job with the Oregon State Bar and I was a secretary. And the first week I started work, they threw me in and said, okay, you're in charge of the whole office. We're going to Canada for a meeting. And I'm like, I know nothing. I don't know anything. I don't even know my way around. But once again, thrown in, take your time. So as the phone would ring, I would say, okay, let me tell you, I don't know where anything is. Tell me what your problem is. I'll write it down. I will keep track of it and give me a number to call you back. And so that's how I started. And then after working 11 years there, I said, you know what? I can do this on my own. I don't need to be working there anymore. So that's what I did. I quit in 1986 and opened my own business called Plans in Action. And you've been doing it ever since. Yes. Outstanding. Well, Carolyn, we're going to take a brief break to thank our sponsor. Before we take a break, I'd like you to ponder this question. What are some early lessons you wish someone would have warned you about? Now, a word from our sponsor. F1 for Help offers a variety of service ranging from a standard you break, we fix on site, or 
at our office. We have a maintenance service where we come in on schedule to maintain your computers. We have managed services where, for a flat monthly fee, we take over your computer support. Are you looking to learn? We offer training classes covering a variety of topics. Our newest offering is computer and network monitoring services. If you have any questions about the services F1 for Help offers, please give us a call at 208-687-0183. So before the break, we were talking with Carolyn Wentz with Plans and Action, and just before I asked this question, what were some early lessons you wish someone would have warned you about? I think the most important thing, if you ever start out on your own, is that you need to be prepared how to write a good contract that covers you and your client. Because remember, all people are not honest. I hate to say that. And sometimes it even takes a lawyer to start and get that process going. And the other most important thing, if you are setting up a conference, whether a hotel, a convention center, whatever, you know, that is set up usually with your salesperson. And I love the salespeople, but remember, when you show up for your conference, usually it's on a weekend, and your salespeople aren't there. So if you need help, who are you going to rely on? That is when you go in and you make yourself well-known to all of the staff. These are the people that will help you out. You learn their names, and then you become a friend with them forever. And I have known that many hotels, in fact, recently, back in, um, I think it was February, I showed up at a hotel that I had not been in for about five years. And actually, the staff remembered me so well that they all came up one at a time and said, oh, we're so glad to see you, and hugged me. And I couldn't believe that. And then one of the staff, said, I think I remember you like Diet Coke and brought me one. So <laughs> there is a good example of what you need to do. Well, you know, and I study.com kind of referenced the interpersonal skills side of the business. And, you know, while I'm not an event planner uh, like Carolyn, Carolyn and I, we work well together because I, I provide displays and, and marketing avenues. But I've been involved in event planning not quite as long as you, but pretty close. And, and what I've found, same thing. People, they go to and they count on the event planners who are friendly, who are communicable, people who are willing to take the responsibility. What I found so often was is the bad event planners, they're kind of hands-off and they, they, you know, CYA, not my job. Have you run into a lot of that in your, in your uh, runnings? Yes, I have. In fact... <laughs> I was laughing one time when somebody says, oh, you have the greatest job. You just go in, sit back, and let it happen. I said, do you know how many times I have had to take off my suit jacket and move tables and help set tables and move everything around that you wouldn't believe it? And I said, I learned that even though back in the days we always wore heels, I learned you show up in tennis shoes because you don't know what you're going to do. When the people start showing up, then you put on your heels. Right, right. That's something, guys, you really need to remember. Don't show up in your heels. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 Carolyn, uh, what was your most memorable event that you've ever managed? 
Um, <clears throat> I think um, I was called in to do a 10-day conference in Sao Paulo, Brazil in 2008. Now, that was my first time of working international, so that was a big learning curve, but I thought I really had everything under control. But um, when I got there, I learned that the person I was working with uh, was a member of a staff member that was attending this conference. She had given me a lot of false information. So even though I sent, you know, a deposit check and all of this, when I got there, this lady comes up and says, you know, that deposit check you sent, that wasn't enough to cover your opening night. And I said, oh, yes, it is. That's what you quoted me, and I have it in writing. Well, I changed my mind. I said, nope, you can't do that. I will talk to the management. And so over this 10-day period, it was really weird because it was people that worked with the major big companies like Dell and Nike and move their people over there to work. And so here I am trying to figure this out, getting all wrong answers, things that weren't correct when I made my commitment. So in the middle of all this, I said, the two sides, nobody can get together and think about how this conference is going to roll. And they're all arguing. They said, so it's up to you to find a speaker to bring in and take care of this. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I'm in Brazil. And what am I going to do about it? And then it suddenly dawned on me. There was a lady that talked about how colors impact you when you do a meeting. Some people that maybe like green, they kind of think this way. Somebody that thinks blue, they think another. So I went and I called from Brazil, found this woman. I couldn't remember her name for a long time. Found her, called her, and I said, is there any way you can come from California to Brazil in the next day or two. And she said, yes, I'll be there. So we shoved all of their previous meeting information. She came in and for a half day she spent. Then people broke up in their groups by colors and figured this out. And right in the middle of it, they said, oh, now we understand why they think that way. And it proceeded to be a great meeting. Wow. That's awesome. The last minute planning. I, I used to be a contest administrator for the Barbershop Harmony Society. And, you know, even though we didn't manage the logistics of the contest, when the contest was about to begin, it was mine. That, that's what the contest administrator does. They run the event. And we had this series where one of the contestants, a chorus, they didn't have everybody legally members of the organization and at the end of the contest somebody raised the flag and said hey not everybody was eligible in that chorus and it was a major to do it's irrelevant about the chorus but when you're in charge and something goes drastically wrong you're responsible to fix it and i think that's kind of a major point of being an event planner if you're one who gets frazzled easy don't go into this profession wouldn't you agree I agree wholeheartedly. Now, knowing that, you know, 34 years ago when you started this profession, now you, you had to have been what, like eight, 10? You, you couldn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 34 years ago, everything was pen and paper. Uh, this of, your profession of yours has changed dramatically. What do you attribute your continued success in managing events? Well, I think that, 
you have to keep up with the way events are now being uh, handled and get more up to date on our software and the different things. And it's kind of proving a point that you have to know a lot of information so that you can get it out to your clients. Back when I worked for the Oregon State Bar, it was really weird. I thought lawyers are the ones that always read things because that's what they do for their clients. But when they would show up at a meeting, I'd say, did you get your ticket to get your book? They say, no, we never read that. So I thought, okay, then we know that that may not work for anybody. So you have to always have a backup plan to do that. And you keep up with the new styles of uh, learning and I have done that by, I got my certified meeting professionals CMP back in 1991 or something. And then I also recently, or it's been, what, eight years, I think, I got my certified government meeting professional. And those help you because you know what's happening and you are in the loop with a loop with people that are into it and keeps up to date. So I think you have to constantly be attending meetings. You have to know what the latest uh, meetings are doing. You have to know the latest skills you need. So that's part of the business. Now, do you have a favorite? I mean, me, I, I'm an organizer. I'd love to sit behind my desk and plan and budget that, you know, my finance and economics background. What do you have a favorite part of your business? Yes. I like being right out working with the public. I love it. When I go on site, I get to meet the people, and they get to meet me. And sometimes I have a really weird sense of humor, and so they find out that I like to laugh a lot. I try to be fun, but I'm also very, very serious. When something happens that needs needs to be taken care of, I take care of it, and I'm serious. But otherwise, I always look for the humor in anything. And so working with the people anytime is my favorite thing to do. Now, right now, we're kind of in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, a natural disaster. So this is a special time, but let's let's set that aside for just a moment. But in your professional opinion, what is the outlook of the event planning profession? Well, right at the moment, um, unfortunately for me, the last year, I was kind of out of the loop because I had an ankle surgery and it kind of kept me away from things. So I was just right in the midst of getting all kinds of contracts coming in and doing great, and then all of a sudden this happened. So, you know, backtrack. But I do have a very large conference for 2021. Uh, I and the client are thinking positive. I've also had, uh, surprisingly enough, a couple of people saying, we're coming to your area in July or October can you help us out? So I think that many of us are thinking, you know, we have to keep thinking positive. There's going to be some changes. And even when it all sorts out, it will probably be different from what we're usually used to. But I think we will adjust and I think we'll keep on going. Yeah, I think a positive outlook is the best outlook. I mean, plan, plan for the worst or hope for the best. Uh, you know, that's the way I do it. I run my business that way i i plan for the worst and i really i hope for the best i'm i'm never really surprised <laughs> exactly. one way or another do, do you have any final words of wisdom you would like to share with my listeners so that they could use 
maybe to jumpstart a career, say they wanted to get into event planning? I think that um, one thing I would say, uh, and I forgot one thing when we first started, when I actually quit my job at the Oregon State Bar, I quit it with the idea that I had a friend that was working, I can't remember which company it was now, but anyway, she said, are you available to go and spend uh, two weeks in Hawaii and help me out? And I thought, well, sure, <laughs> why not? You know, I I haven't I opened my business, but I haven't done anything yet. So what I did, <clears throat> I went over to Hawaii with her, and my job was to make sure within 300 people that they got to their sporting event they wanted to do, go with them out on a boat, uh, take care of them when they came back, make sure they had a lot of fun. And when it finished and I went back home, I said, wow, this is sure easy. I'll make tons of money, which I did from that. And then I had to learn the sad thing. Whoops, I haven't got any other clients. But I knew it was the kind of thing that I wanted to do. And if I could do that helping her, I could do anything. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Event planning is a calling. Uh, you know, it's not one of those jobs that you sit in school and say, that's the career I want to do. You know, not like firemen or policemen for the, for the elementary students. Uh, nobody says, I want to be an event planner. They, they kind of either are or, or they're not. And for those of you out there who are thinking, man, my family really does talk to me all the time about planning the family outing. Um, you know, maybe this is a, a field for you. It is lucrative. It is rewarding. But thank you, Carolyn. I, I really, really appreciate your time today. Um, and thank you to my listener for tuning in. I know you have lots of listening choices, and tuning into the Business Buffet means a lot. With America reeling from the COVID-19 pandemic, millions of people lost their jobs and are struggling to make ends meet. You might be one of those people, and I hope you were able to gain valuable information from today's episode to help you make a decision that could mean a profitable future for you and your family. Thank you for listening to the Business Buffet Ingredients. We hope we tempted your business taste buds with something sweet. Please share this podcast with your friends and show them that you are the smartest person in the room. Visit businessbuffet.page and sample all the flavors of the Business Buffet. We hope you eat hearty in business. <laughs>